Uh, nice to see you on a Gittin Chodesh, Ad Roshani, the month of Purim. And as we mentioned, we're on page Kuf Chav a little bit more than halfway down the page. And I want to just recap the end of the Rambam that we saw last week because it's necessary to lead into this week. Now the Rambam has been building up to this, which is, he's conveying to us now what is the content of the experience of Olam Haba. And he went through different shitos earlier on, which he rejected. And he now is at the point where he is conceptually describing Olam Haba, not, not that we can understand it, which is exactly what he says. So he said last week that we in this world, what we know, what we experience, is physical pleasure. And we're not able to comprehend spiritual pleasure. It's beyond us. And the way he says it, as he begins to define that, is that, I'll just, I'm going to read a line or two from last week, you don't have to worry about finding it. What we experience and perceive are the more inferior hanoas and ta'anugim, pleasures of this world, hanifsakim, which is they're periodic. They come and they go, they stop. That's the nature of pleasure in this world. It lasts for a little while, then it's done. That's all physical pleasures like that. But he says, the ta'anugim hanafshim, spiritual pleasure, heim tamidim. They're ongoing, they endure. Omdim lo'ad, they're infinite, they're eternal. Ve'enam nivsakim, they never stop. And therefore, there's no real connection between them and the pleasures of the physical world. We will not be able to understand what olam haba is until we get there because our world simply does not allow us to comprehend that. His mushal is that you cannot explain color to a blind person. It's simply outside of their ability to grasp what that means. Or sound to a deaf person. Yes, please, Mrs. France. Um, when I was a kid, um, a teacher was explaining what Olam Hapa is. Uh-huh. Boring. <laughs> it sounds boring, right? So, and you know, I've heard that also from kids before. I don't want Mashiach is going to be boring. Is, I, is there is there any basketball during Mashiach? I hear that. Did you get to watch the Super Bowl during Mashiach? You know, these kinds of questions. So, the answer to that question, I don't know that a child can can grasp this, and to what Mrs. Fran said when she was a child, is that. Not only will it not be boring, but the whole concept of boring doesn't apply in Olam Haba. That only applies in this world. There is only such a thing as boring here. Up there when you have this ongoing, perpetual, eternal, tainug, pleasure, spiritual pleasure, which never stops, it's the exact opposite of boring. It's a person is filled with closeness to Hashem in a way that never ends. So no, it won't be boring, it'll be the exact opposite, and it will be ongoing. Once again, we can't comprehend that. Okay, now the Raman's going to take it a little bit further. Yeah, Jody, please. I was just going to say, yeah, please. because boredom is one of the 
Yes. It is a challenge in this yes. world. You know, a person has to, we get used to things, if things become rote and mechanical. And what's usually one of the solutions to boredom is Kiddush. If you have something new or exciting in your life, a new idea, a new topic, you know, a new activity, a new section of learning, that is a good cure for boredom. So you can think about it this way, Jody's comment. In Olam Haba, it's ongoing Kiddush. It's Kiddush that never stops. Because every single second is one step higher, closer, greater it's not, when he says it never stops, he doesn't mean like it's a flat line that goes and goes. Never stops meaning, never stops going higher, higher, greater, greater. That's one chiddish after another, after another. So here we have to struggle with that, and chiddish is, working on chiddish is a good anecdote for, for boredom. But everybody, of course, has to find their own way to deal with that. Yeah, please, Alka. Um, as far as learning Torah yes. is that physical or spiritual? Well, it's physical in this world because we do so with our mind and our heart and with our mouth. Right. So it's physical. But like any mitzvah, it has a spiritual, a very deep spiritual underpinning to it. And the Torah in Olam Haba will be the deeper right. part. The physical person won't, won't be there in the same way. Yeah, yeah. I think we mentioned a little while ago Rav Chaim Belozhin, or Zechut Tzadik Yivracha, who says that enjoyment and simcha in learning is part of the learning experience itself. Right. The person learns a new idea, a deep concept, a relevant concept. That is a type of physical pleasure. It's a lofty physical pleasure, but we're feeling good when we have it. And feeling good is physical. Our neshama simultaneously is getting spiritual pleasure when we learn Torah or when we do a mitzvah. Which we can't. But we can't, we can't, we don't know about that. What our neshama is experiencing when we learn Torah, it's similar to this, it's beyond us. So it's happening on a spiritual level, but we, what we are experiencing is a physical pleasure of a high nature. Yeah, Linda, please. Right. So where the perpetual growth is coming from is from what we do in this world. And the Ramchal says this explicitly in the Derech Hashem, that our ilui achar ilui, which is how he describes it, one level higher after another in Olam Haba, the energy for all of that is what we do here. Say it again. That's right. No, no. The energy of the mitzvah lasts beyond this world. So the mitzvah itself that we do in Olam Hazeh, you light the candle, you do the mitzvah, it's over. You know, you, sh- you shake the lulav, you do it, and it's over. But the kedusha of that mitzvah lasts eternally. So when this world is over, the koach of that mitzvah is still here. 
And it's that koach of the mitzvah that continues to propel us upward. It doesn't just put us in a certain static place. Because the mitzvah, by definition, is eternal and infinite, so is its power to carry a person higher and higher. So we're going higher there based on what we do here. Well, there, there is an inherent relationship between the Neshama and Hashem, that's for sure. But that's not enough to carry a person really higher in Olam Haba. That's why we had to come to Olam Hazeh. We had to come here to make sure we gain what the Neshama did not have until it was here in this world. So our great, eternal, lofty, holy Neshama was missing a lot. What was it missing? The Chira, Mitzvahs, Torah through Ratzon, through choice. That's all the Nisham is missing. And it has to come into this world to get that. Gil, did you ever have it? So we yeah. cannot experience spiritual pleasure in this world? We don't have Co- Correct. We, true spirit, what, what the Rambam is calling the, the pleasure of Olam Haba, uh, what the Ramchal calls the world of Ruchniyat, we cannot comprehend it in this world. So when a person is saying, well, you know, I, I just lit Shabbos candles, I just lit Hanukkah candles, I feel so spiritual, that's an English word. It's really Yeah, yeah. There is spiritual pleasure happening on a different level. But if we're feeling it, like our emotions are feeling it, that's physical, by definition. It's not spiritual, it's emotional. Yeah, it's emotional. Now, now again, in English, people call that spirituality spiritual emotions. I, I'm okay with that word in English. You know, we, I think we know what we're t- talking about. It's an uplifting, elevating, inspiring kind of thing. So we use the word spiritual for it in English. But in, technically speaking, in Lashon Kodesh, Ruchnius is by definition beyond Gashmius. And even though we are experiencing it on the Ruchniistic level, but we are not comprehending that or experiencing that in the moment. That we will only get in Olam Haba. Yeah, yeah, please, Farda. So, in Shabbos, the Father, by fact, in Shabbos, candles referred to as making a little bit of So, is that like something in between, or like something like the most we can aspire to? Very good question. It appears that on Shabbos we get a taste. Me'ain, as you said, Me'ain Olam Haba, Yom Shabbos Menucha. So, there is a taste of Olam Haba in Shabbos. And does that mean that we actually have a more direct relationship with spirituality? I believe that it does mean that. But at the same time, when we're eating that food on Shabbos, we're feeling physical pleasure, right? That shalom tastes good. You know, so we're feeling that. So does the chicken soup. It tastes good. Is there a certain quality of ruchniyastika pleasure which pervades that on Shabbos? Yes. And so perhaps on that day, we can get a little tiny me'ain, like they call one-sixtieth, which means just a something of a something. It seems to me that that's true. Yeah. Yes, Sarah, please. This is sort of a hopeful question. Okay, good. We like hope. <laughs> Jews, yeah. Jews live on hope. Yes, <laughs>
It's Shabbos, they're both holy, right? <laughs> I guess the real question is if the, the physical pleasure is not there, is the spiritual level elevation, is that equal? Are you saying, do we get greater physical pleasure when the spiritual pleasure? No. Pre- no, okay. The okay. Is the spiritual pleasure the same regardless of what the physical pleasure is? The spiritual pleasure is the same in the sense that we're doing something Kaddish Baruch Hu wanted us to do. We did a mitzvah, we're keeping Shabbos. Our neshama is experiencing spiritual pleasure. However, that's not exactly right because what we put into the mitzvah actually elevates the spiritual power of the mitzvah too. The Zohar calls Ahava and Yura, love and fear of Hashem, when we do a mitzvah, wings. Godfin, wings. Because the kavana, intellectually and emotionally, that we put into a mitzvah allows the mitzvah to soar. So a mitzvah done one way has a certain spiritual level. If you're Yotze, the mitzvah in halacha, you did it correctly, that means you got it. The, mitzvah, the circuit is complete. You got what you were supposed to get. But you can get it here, or here, or here, or here, depending on what you put into that mitzvah. So that does change from person to person, from minute to minute. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, please, sir. So um, I'm very distressed about this. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> Because we want to feel spiritual pleasure, right? No, no. Yeah. Because, because, like, isn't there something called an Israel Sevilla Ela? Yes. There is that Hashem, there's the Dodi Li, that Hashem is reaching down to us. Yes. And we feel inspired. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it's Mishtal Shell, you know, it's cascading down so that we feel it in our, in our, in our heads and in our hearts and, you know, we feel it physically because we're physical beings, but it's coming from a, I won't say spiritual because that's an English word, but <laughs> Yes. It's coming, it's coming directly yes, it from is. Hashem. So yes. we are feeling something even though it's many, you know, it, it, according to the, our weak Kaylee that we are, but we are still every once in a while, Halavai would be every mm-hmm. time I'm with scandals, you know, every 20 young, young kippers, you know, you feel a little something. So, but what we are feeling is presented in the clothing of physicality. Right. That's but, all I'm but saying. But it's still coming yeah. from... Oh, yeah. I mean, physical and spiritual are always connected. So what we feel on Shabbos or when we do a mitzvah or whatever, there's a spiritual side to it. Absolutely. And we're influenced by that. But what we feel in that moment is emotional or intellectual or a, com- or a combination of, of both. It's a result of some kind of hisorus from above, but we're feeling that down here, not up there. We're not up there, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we are feeling them. That's that's valid. Okay. Yeah, please, Mrs. Fran. The greatest gedolim, the others, etc., they just felt spiritual, uh, physical pleasure <laughs> of their connection. Okay, so there's two things. Right, so one is very much elevated physical pleasure. 
Well, let's say a person who's eating a tzaddik, a tzaddikus, who's, let's say they're eating the shem shemaim. They, they really are. That's the whole tachlis of their eating to keep themselves healthy and alive, and that's what it's all about. But it tastes good. So they are at the higher levels of physical pleasure. It's almost even hard to call that physical. But yes, there's a physical pleasure involved in that. Those truly great people who have, let's say, Ruach HaKodesh or Nevim, they are experiencing the higher lamas because they transcended this world. That's not the typical experience, you know, of, of everyday people like, like us. I speak for myself. You never know, there may be a Baal Ruach HaKodesh in the audience, right? It could, it could happen. Jews are holy. So we are experiencing that. Once a person is at that Madrega, if they're a Navi or have Ruach HaKodesh, they truly are going into higher realms of experience and thought and comprehension. So certainly the Avos, you know, and those great people in the Torah, they were living on a higher plane, even though they were here in this world. Okay, so yeah. let's go down to Gedolim of our door, okay. the door before. Right, apparently, right, it certainly seems that way. And, you know, those kind of people, if they're on that plane, I would have no problem saying that they are experiencing something above what we do because they've gone up to that level. They've gone up there. But at the same time, no matter who a person is, the Chachamim say, Sechar mitzvos Baha'i Alma Leka. The reward for mitzvos is not present in our world. That means everybody. No matter who you are, the greatest of all people, because it's beyond this world. So our greatest people, they're perceiving that in our world relative to what really it is in a small way. Okay, Think so a little bit of it in a small way. So I know people who are not only that government or any and they're they're not regular physical people. Right. They're you know some they're living on a higher plane. I know or are living on right. a different plane. Right. That's not physical. They are getting physical pleasure out of what they do, not in a negative way. In, in a positive way. See, I think it depends on... We, we may be having a semantic discussion. We might be. Because there's higher levels of physicality. So a person who's enjoying their meal in a very earthy way, that's one thing. A person who's enjoying their meal while they're eating with Shem Shemayim is another thing. And those two things are very far apart from each other. One is, excuse me the expression, more eating like an animal. The other is eating like a human being at their highest levels. Though there's a lot of distance between those two madregos. But that second person is still eating. They're still tasting food. And they're still enjoying it. And even though it's influenced by higher things, that's what they are. They are higher things in the physical realm. So yes, I would stick to that. So when a person says a bracha, mm -hmm. Yes. That's still physical. Yeah, when it, when, it takes our, when it takes form in our world, the clothing of our world, then that's physical. A deeper level of that bracha is happening, happening on a spiritual level. When we say that bracha, something's <laughs> happening in the realm of our neshama. But what we experience out of that, 
is happening in our world with physical uh, per- perceptions of Olam Hazeh and emotions of Olam Hazeh, even for high-level people. Higher-level perceptions, but still not what's above all of this in Ruchnius. Unless one has traveled there by virtue of their Madrega of Ruach HaKodesh. Yeah. Yeah, please, I'll go. Yes. Right. That's a hard question for me to answer because it, it's either the highest level of physical food because they ate it. And it was there. The Torah described what it looked like. They ate it. They ate it and then they swallowed it. On the other, on the other hand, it's called lechamin hashemayim. It's bread that came from heaven. So that sounds ruchni to me. So I don't know how to describe that and how to define that. It's either at the highest level of physicality, physical eating, or it's even above that. I don't know. Some people say, ask the question of what bracha did they make on the man? They said, Hamotzi lecha min hashamayim. So it's, it's a little tongue in cheek, but not really. It's not really they meant that. Yeah, please, Marlene. I understand what you're saying as an individual, mm-hmm. but don't we say when we're making the bracha that we're bringing something from the spiritual yes. world yes. into this world? Yes, we are. Yes, it is. We are. We are. We're bringing down ruchnius. There are. Yes, we're bringing it down into our world, but in the in the way that we experience it, when it arrives in our world, it's physical. Because that's the only way we can. That's right. So there's the chain. We learned about it a couple of times. Hishtalshulus, that when Hashem is sending a bracha down into our world from the, from Shemayim, so it comes down this chain from the higher levels of spirituality all the way through the olamas, they're all linked, all these are links in the chain, it's all connected and the very, very bottom of the chain is us, that's where we live in Olam Hazet. We're the only physical thing in, in, in all of reality. Everything else above us is spiritual. So that last step from the lowest spiritual world, which is spiritual, to our physical world, that pockets that hashpa'a into Gashmias. So when we experience it, it's in our world. It's not even one level above us, except for those who are living at that level. It's down here. It becomes wrapped up in our world. Did it come from there? Yes. Are we pulling it down from there? Yes. All of those things. But when it arrives, it arrives in a physical levush. And that's how we experience it. Yeah. Yeah, please, Trevor. No question. So is the Yes, the physical world is a reflection of the spiritual world, but you have to learn how to see it. Right? You have to learn what the parallel is. One, one simply can't say, oh, well, this looks like this here, so it must be that up there. One has to learn what the representation in physical reality is, and then how to interpret that as it applies to 
spiritual reality, right, which is a difficult thing to do. That's something that great people do. But yes, it is a reflection of the spiritual world. Yeah, Esther, please. It's, it seems like it might be troublesome to think about when we have the feelings of inspiration or that, that wonderful um, feeling of closeness and that beautiful calm that sometimes comes, that that is its spiritual. I mean, the English word, but rookness, that if that's not what it is. It's coming from that. It's right, coming from, it's there. Coming from right. there, but also the more recent um, scientific findings about the brain, and I think it's been around now for a good 15 years actually, but there's actually a part of our brain that's hardwired for spiritual experience, what we call spiritual experiences. Um, and it was first discovered in uh, a young man who was, had uncontrolled epilepsy. And when he was in an epileptic state, he had what those of us who had them might describe as spiritual experiences. To such an extent that when he was given a chance to be cured, he declined it because he would no longer have those. So that whatever it is that is experienced on our human physical level, there is a part of our physical level that has been demonstrated to be the source, not the ultimate source, the ultimate source is a chef, but to be the source in our bodies for those seeming, well they are transcendent, but those transcendent experiences. Yeah. So it that's kind of it fits in with, you know, everything the Ram Kal knew. Well yeah. we don't know everything the Ram Kal knew. Well no, but I, <laughs> exactly. not even close. But this, this actually is what I'm saying. This, this is a manifestation of that. If you can perceive it in the brain, that means it's physical. Right. If you're measuring the brain or the brain waves, that's science. Science deals with that which you can perceive. Science says we don't deal. We can't measure it. We don't deal with it. So whatever they're perceiving, brain changes or those kind of things, they're perceiving and understanding a physical change. That's what I'm talking about. So yes, it started up there, it hits this world, we cannot perceive it as it is up here. It's beyond us. That's what the Rambam is saying, that's what the Ramachal is saying. If we're down here and it's up here, we can't. The moment it touches our world and makes some kind of an impact on our world, then its influence is in our world and then we perceive it in our world as the brain or whatever else is happening in the person at that time. It's just been translated from the lowest level of spirituality into physicality. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I think of the analogy that we are, and depending on how clear we, how much work we've done on ourselves to clear out blockages to um, our connection to Hashem, um, that we're like transformers of that beautiful Hashem that comes down. It comes into us somehow, and then we can, it gets transformed into the physical yes. and expressed in this world. Yeah, I think that's a fine way to say it. Now, that last step between lowest level of spirituality and, and physicality, the Rama in the Shulchan Aruch, he says that's a Pella. That's a wonder. Because if you think about it, how do you do that last step? 
from one spiritual level to another, to another, to another. It's lower, but it's all spirituality. But how do you get from that which is spiritual to this which is physical? There's no match. The only being who can, who can do that is Hashem. The only being that can translate Ruchnius and make something Gashmius out of it and make that connection is Hashem. And you know when we say that? <laughs> After we leave the bathroom. That's when we say it. Hashem heals all flesh and mafli, which means he does the pele. Mafli la'asos. So, what does that mean? So, the Nosei Kalim there say that means that he is mechaber, ruchnius, and gashmius. That God connects spiritual to physical. That takes God. That final step, only Kodesh can do that, brings it down into our world. So yes, once that synapse you might have, that has been closed and it's happened, which Hashem did, and it's traveled into our body or into our world, now we perceive it in our, in our reality. But we can't go up there and get it until we're in Olam Haba or unless we're a Navi or a Baal Ruach HaKodesh. Yeah, please, Mrs. Fran? Could we say that the Ruchmius is wrapped in Gashmius? Yes, or? most definitely. It is wrapped in Gashmius. Because the, the, let's say a mitzvah. I can deal with that. Now you can hear. Okay, yeah. Like it's all physical. It's just okay, no, no, definitely. Inside of that physical is spiritual. Any mitzvah is a physical wrapping on a spiritual force. Any mitzvah. Hashem's zone is inside that mitzvah. So you light that Shabbos candle, which is a, which is a physical action. There is spiritual... Kedusha and Koach wrapped up in that physical experience. And the same for any, any mitzvah as well. That's always the case. So we are, yes, it's there, it's present. I would not want to sound like it's simply not here. No, it is here. It's just that it's beyond us. We need that physical package. Yeah, Linda, please. Yes, exactly. In our goof. Not really. That's really the, the Nefesh HaBahamis. We learned a lot of that when, when, when we learned the Sefer Atanya. So the soul, the Neshama, is strictly spiritual. It's the Dover Ruchni. There's a little in between the Neshama and the Guf, which is called the Nefesh HaBahamis, our more animal like soul, our, our basic uh, human life force that's inside us. So there is a touch point similar to what we said before between the lowest level of the neshama and our nefesh habahamis, our life force. There's a touch point between them and the nefesh habahamis, which runs through our blood, it carries that to the rest of the human being. Just like our blood system you know, works its way around the whole body, travels everywhere. So in a spiritual sense, that touch between our neshama and nefesh habahamis makes that contact so that it's it's carried throughout the body. But in terms of getting in touch with our soul, you know, want to say it this way? You're not going to like this. We can't. We really can't. But we're tasked to try. 
No. No. We get in touch with our soul by doing mitzvot, by learning Torah, by thinking, I can't experience my, my neshama. Do I know it's inside of me? Absolutely. Is it affecting me? Absolutely. Okay, where is it? I have no idea. What's it doing right now? I have no idea. What's it experiencing right now? Got to think really hard? I have no idea. Right? We can't get that. It's ruchni. Oh, okay. I actually meant more like taking care of it. Like, our goal is supposed to go through life saying, well, what, what should I do because it's good for my neshama? And for our group. And for okay. we're, we're a team. Right. We're, a, we're a team, right? But, I mean, yeah. Of, yeah, okay. If, if that's what you mean by getting in touch, just taking care of your neshama and doing the right things for the neshama, of course, that's, I agree. I thought you meant like kind of making a certain awareness, perception, contact with our neshama, which we can't. But we can certainly take care of it and know that it's with us and affected by everything that, that we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that perception thing is what we're supposed to be doing with Hashem every day, and that's much bigger than our Neshama. That's right. I mean, that's it. We're supposed it's, to be even beyond that, right. Do you see him? No, but we're supposed to try to feel him in our lives. Okay, and you're feeling it, or you're thinking it. That's what I'm saying. Those are physical things. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. We, I was five minutes late, and if I had been on time, I would have been right at the scene of this accident. You know, So that's where you're There's seeing the Hashem. Life is totally physical. Mm-hmm. You're seeing Hashem right. through physical things that are right. happening in the world. Right. Now, I don't want to take any pleasure away from anybody. Because <laughs> this kind of discussion makes people think like that. No, you can have all of those things. You should have all those nice feelings and spiritual feelings and inspiration. We should all have that. It's a beautiful part of life. We just have to know what it is and what it's not. So we're talking about here what it's not. But what it is is something very beautiful. Can I just ask one more thing? Yeah. There are people, yeah. there are great tzaddikim, I don't know if they're tzaddikim, but there are people who can see into that spiritual realm. That's Ruach HaKodesh. That's what I said before. That's a different thing. Then a person truly, their perception truly has gone above physical reality. It's a higher realm of perception, and above that is Nevuah. So it is humanly possible, if you're a Baruch HaKodesh, you can get up there and experience up there, because your person and has gone there, and certainly for a Navi, who's gone way up there. But for most people, that's not the case. Yeah, Mrs. Fran, please. When we talk about Yetzir yeah. those are Yeah. Yeah. So we are being influenced by our neshama, which creates the force of the Yetzir Hatov inside of us. That's a result of having a neshama. And the result of having a nefesh habahamis and a physical body is we have a Yetzir Hara. So they're manifested in, in the form of our world where we struggle between doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing. And that enormous struggle of life, which the Ramchal says is a milchama, an ongoing milchama every day of our life between Ruchnius and Gashmias. But we are experiencing it in the experience of our world, in the clothing of our world. So when we're trying to do good and think good and follow the halacha and absorb the Torah and overcome our um, more base desires, when we're doing all those things, and that's a manifestation of Kedusha in our world. 
in our world. It has its higher sources where we're getting that influence from, but that's part of this world. And remember that as Jews, we really want to do this. We're trying to bring Kedusha Mamish into this world. That's the Mishkan. Hashem wanted a dira b'tachtonim, the Chachamim say. He wanted to reside in the lower worlds, in our world. So we're davka trying to bring Kedusha here into the physical world. We're not Malachim, where they experience things in a Ruchniyastik way. Hashem didn't want us to be that way. He wanted us to be here and bring Kedusha into physical experience and physical reality. That's the greatest expression of Ratzon Hashem, and we're able to accomplish that. Dafke here. Gail, you have a question? What do you think? It's probably just kind of nasty, but there's two things. Yeah. Um, if we experience, um, let's say we're dominating and we feel Hashem's presence, mm-hmm. what is that? So in the moment, that's a feeling of Hashem's presence. Could that have been ex- inspired by your tfilos, which affected something up there, and then it flowed downward and made you feel inspired? Yes, absolutely. That could be why that's happening. But the final experience of that is an experience of our world. Is your neshama experiencing something much higher and greater than that at the same time in its level? Yes, it is. It's simultaneous. You can say it's the great. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that happened. <laughs> and how about feeling intuition? If I feel like I'm trying to make a decision and I feel that I'm... What is... What is you know, I, so now, in a certain way, I can't answer your question for the same reason because I'm not a woman and I don't have Vino Yaseira, right? And you do. So I can't really relate to your experience. I hope I have some amount of Bina. I think I do, because you have Bina Yesera. I have regular Bina. So that could be motivated, especially for a woman by Bina Yesera. That's being influenced by a higher part of your Nishama, where that's coming from. But once again, it then got expressed into our world as a feeling, an intuition about something, an insight into something. It had a higher source, and then it popped out it manifested in your mind or your heart somewhere, you know, in there. Yeah, Varda, please. Yes. And I, I want to say again, because I don't want to take this away from you, that when you feel like that at Ni'ila, it's a genuine, real feeling. It's real, and it's happening, and it's inspiring. What our neshama is feeling at that moment, we don't know. That's beyond us. That's the truly spiritual part of it. But that we are experiencing something, as Mrs. Fran said, that's spirituality in a physical package, that's completely valid. And if you want to call that relating to a spiritual, as long as you know what we're talking about, then that's okay. That would not be inaccurate. I don't really feel the presence of Shina 
Yeah, yes, presented in shul amongst people in physical reality. It's presented in physical reality. And our feelings, right, are physical in this sense. But also, Mahavil, when I've been with people at their age, see us in the Shama. You do feel something yeah. here that the Shema is right here. Yeah. Not like, as much as I can ever feel it. You do. You know, and the Shechina is there when a person uh, passes from this world. The Shechina is manifested at that moment. It's a very surreal experience. It doesn't feel like anything else yes. in the world. Yes, yes. Uh, I agree. And it's that higher surge of Hashro'as Hashchina, which is happening, which has a different physical effect on us. Because we're the receptor for that experience. That's a different experience now. Now the receptor is experiencing something <coughs> different. That Maflila Asos touch between Ruchnius and, and Gashmias that the Ramah talks about, the time you see his neshama, it's a very intense, unique experience. And then that's when we experience it in that way at that time. So the higher sources that govern that are different than normal life up to that last second. And therefore the experience of touch between those two is different also. So we feel different. Can you say that the Shechina is present at this moment? Yes. Because that's what our Chachamim tell us. That's how we can say that. We can say that. Okay, so we understand something's happening at that time that's unique about Hashra's Hashchina. And remember, if we didn't have the Chachamim who told us that that's what was happening, we could misinterpret an event entirely. We could feel an, an event like, wow, this is amazing, you know? And spiritually speaking, we could really be misinterpreting reality. So we need the the eyes of our Chachamim, our Torah, our Torah Sheba Al-Peh, to tell us where Kedusha lies, where does Hashro'as Hashchina lie. Because remember that when those Nevi'e Sheker inhabited our world, and people who were into Kishuf and all kinds of sorcery, they were having spiritual experiences. In a certain way, it was probably very exhilarating. But it was Tameh, Gomer, so we need the eyes of our Chachamim to say this spiritual experience is Kadosh. That one is Tameh and it's dark. Feels, maybe it feels great. You know? It may feel inspiring, but it's Tameh. So we, we really have to look at it through the eyes of our Torah to say, what are we experiencing right now? Is it a valid experience? Is it an emistic experience? Is it founded and grounded in Torah? And a lot of what they call New Age spirituality is not. It's outside of our, uh, our sources. It's coming from different places. And a lot of it is very self-indulgent. So we have to be really careful with that line, you know, where, where is this coming from, and making sure that we're seeing it through the eyes of our Chachamim and our Tzadikim. Yeah, please, Alka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is 
I don't know, I, the near-death experiences that people read about, and they're very similar from one to the other, they're approaching a light, things like that. So is, it, did they get somewhere spiritual and then they were sent back? It's possible. It's possible that they are describing a spiritual experience, that they left this world and for whatever reason came back. That's up to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. Yeah, if they, if they left this world and came back, yes, that could be a physical, excuse me, a spiritual experience. If you're outside of the confines of the body, which maybe they were, then that could be the case, and Hashem saw it fit that, well, they're going to get another chance at life. There are stories like that. So, on the other hand, and it's possible, that could be an experience of the mind. The experience of the mind, you know, which is dissimilar across the board. We, we know so little about the brain. The brain is you know, unexplored territory. You know. So that may be just a different kind of brain experience. And the person really didn't leave this world truly, and then they were resuscitated. Which of the two that is, I don't know. But I truly can see both sides to that. We, we, can feel, we can feel the Shekhinah as it influences our physical world and we experience that. We cannot directly look, certainly not, perceive, understand the Shekhinah directly. We can't. But as it's presented again in physical clothing, in the wrappings of our world, and influencing that, yes, that's what we're experiencing. You could say it like this. Let's say you got a light bulb, very intense, can't even look at it. And then you put many, many veils over it, right? And then you turn on the light. Okay, you can see the light. Is that the same thing as the light, you know, that's been veiled a hundred times? No. It's toned down a lot. Is the reason that you're seeing that is because that inside light is on? Yes. And it's tempered, 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 tempered. Finally, you get that light that you can handle. It's a little bit of a muscle for that. It's not a full muscle because quali qualitatively those are the same. It's just reduced. In our muscle, when it comes down, it qualitatively changes. But the idea is similar. Okay. This is really good. You know why? <laughs> because when I come home and my wife says, how far did you get in this area? I say... <laughs> You didn't, you didn't miss a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say that. But she'll listen to the tape. I think we might be out of time. Are there more questions? Very fascinating, beautiful discussion. We have more time? Three more minutes? Okay. Okay, good. Mr. Shum, please. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think that's a, it's a, I don't mean a physical feeling, mm -hmm. but it's not a spiritual feeling that's out of this world, but it still makes you feel very close. It to does. Them. It does. When and that's perfectly and good. There's so many ways to feel close right. to Right. And that's perfectly good, perfectly good and valid to have an experience <laughs> of where one recognizes 
that was hashgacha pratis. Even though everything is hashgacha pratis, but sometimes we're zocha to actually see it and experience it. That's a great, you know, enlightening experience. But remember, it happened in a this world experience. That's how we perceive it. So I forgot to say it to begin. I'm sorry, I have to stop. I forgot to begin. I wanted to say this that the shir is sponsored by Esther Weiner as a zechus for refuah shlema for Esther Bas Charna the Sof Shar Chol Yisrael. Have a great day, everybody. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Still reviewing. No, no, you can't. Thank you.